This program is brought to you by the partners and friends of Creflo Dollar Ministries. Coming up next on Changing Your World. Faith is a response. That's what it is. It's a response. It is a positive response to what Jesus has made available through his blood and his body. Faith is a positive response to what Jesus or what grace has already made available. It's already done. Faith is my positive response to what's already done. We look in the mirror daily and ask ourselves questions. Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Will I realize my dreams? We know we're not alone in our quest for answers. And it's time to come together and remember who we are. Rare, valuable, powerful, capable, more than enough. No more settling for second best. Join us for Worth 2020. Register now at tappydollar.org. your Bible, go with me to Genesis, excuse me, Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, and we're going to read verse 16 and 20 and 21 in the King James and the, and the, um, and the uh, NIV. Now, I'm t I, 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 one day we'll have time to do this, but, you know, last night I covered stuff. I, I wish I could spend like five more sessions on that. But I want to, I want, I want to make sure I cover this tonight because I, we have to understand that that faith responds to what Jesus has made available. And uh, tonight I, I'm not going to cover it all, but I want to talk about the. God gave me ten ways to respond to the finished works of Jesus Christ. Uh, in other words. I know I'm already the healed, so do I just do nothing? I know I'm already the deliverance, but what do I do? Somebody says believe. Well, what does that mean? I bring that on a level of practicality. Bring it on. What does that look like? When you say you believe you're already the healed, what does that look like? When you say you believe you're already prosperous. What does that look like for, on this side in the physical body as far as doing certain things? And that's what I want to cover tonight. And, and I want to still look at drawing this picture of, you know, showing you what it looks like when people say, well, under the new covenant, you believe. And you have to be careful about that because when God spoke this to me, he says, I want you to teach this series because my people have become passive. And so they hear, they hear teachings on grace and they, they just, they become passive. They become, uh, they just don't do anything because they, they figure, well, I'm under grace. It, it's kind of like the old Jane Brown song, hit me, uh, uh, no, 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 no. So what do you do with all of that stuff that, 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 that you've been doing? I mean, you can't tell me I didn't have success in doing those things, even though 
uh, had the, the cart pulling the horse, they fit somewhere. And what we're trying to show you is where does meditation fit? Where does prayer fit? Where does confession fit? Where does all the things that you've learned about, how do they fit in, in this grace life? Let's begin in verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. We were talking about last night. Are you, are, are you of the works of the law or are you of faith? And that simply means are you trying to accomplish your identity and are you trying to gain your provisions, that which Jesus has already done for you through your own works and self-effort versus having faith in what's finished, what Jesus has already finished. Those are two different things. They are mutually exclusive and they will never harmonize. Now he says, knowing that a man is not justified or declared righteous by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. He says, you're not justified by the works of, of and, and the performance and the self-effort of, of keeping the law, but it's by faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Yes. All right, look at the last two verses here. He says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith yes. of the Son of God. But what does that look like? I, 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 we're not saying there's no faith. We're saying we, we, need, to, we need to put it in, 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 in the right place. And, and, and what does it look like? What's the picture of a life that's lived by the faith of the Son of God? Because like I say, you can't say you, you, can't say you, 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 you live the life of faith and you're living the life of the works of the law at the same time. You can't do that. And yet still, you know, there's something that you're doing, all right? And he says, who loved me and who gave himself for me, verse 21. He says, I do not frustrate <clears throat> the grace of God for, and then he tells you, you know, notice, I will not frustrate the grace of God, colon, so he's getting ready to follow up, what does that mean? For if, I, if, if, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain, and that's frustrating to all of the plan of heaven that we gave you Christ and you are still of the works of the law when I want you to be of faith. So here's, here's what we wanna, wanna deal with tonight and try to, to try to really accomplish here tonight. What do you do when you accept your freedom from performance-based Christianity? So, so you, you come to the point, you say, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm not gonna try to perform to be righteous. I'm not gonna try to perform to be redeemed. I'm not going to try to perform to be holy. Jesus has already done that. Okay? So I accept what Jesus has done by faith. Um, I'm not going to perform to try to get healed. I'm not going to perform to try to get delivered. Jesus has already done that and I get it by faith. Okay? So the distinction is you trying to do something to get what Jesus has already 
gotten and what he's already done. So you, this is, you, you, gotta, you gotta be really focused in on really examining yourself. Am I doing this to try to get what's already been done or will I receive what's already been done by faith? Under the law, it's about doing. Under the grace of God, it's about what's done and having faith in what's done. You understand? So, so I already received that. What do I do when you accept the freedom from performance-based Christianity? What do you do when you are no more of the works of the law? Well, John 6, 29 in the, the uh, New Living Translation. Well, watch this. So look at these scriptures here. Look at what he says here. John 6, 29, the NLT. He gives this recommendation for us who are no longer under the works of the law. And he talks about believing Jesus. Put it on the screen. Look what he says here. He says, Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. But, but it's still, what, what does that look like? Because if you're not careful, it's just a mental ascent. Okay, I believe. Somehow you have to authenticate that. All right. So the, the scripture says that's the only work uh, I want from you to believe in the one he has sent. That's pretty strong. Yeah. And then you see these words too in Mark chapter 9, 23 in the uh, King James Version of the Bible. And Jesus said it over and over again. But Jesus made this statement, which we have to come back to it. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And then in, in uh in another place in, in the Word of God, um, he tells us in um, Mark chapter 5 and, and verse 36, only believe. So it's like, what does that look like? And that's been an issue for a long time, only believe. Because when we hear it from where we are, that's when we're tempted to say it's not enough because we don't really understand what it looks like to believe. If you understood what it looks like to believe, it would be enough. Okay, now let's go a little further here. What do you do in believing Jesus? I know not to perform to get what Jesus has already provided for me through his blood. But how do I take possession of the finished works of Jesus? Well, the answer is, watch this, by faith. All right. So practically, how do I by faith take possession of what? grace of what Jesus has made available. So now it, it, it's by faith. It's faith in the finished works of Jesus. Cool. So what does it look like by faith to get healed? What does it look like by faith to be righteous? What does that look like? All right, so the first place I need to start here is I need to clear up and get us on the same page where the definition of faith is concerned, okay? First of all, faith is a response. That's what it is. It's a response. It is a positive response to what Jesus has made available through his blood and his body. Faith is a positive response to what Jesus or what grace has already made available. It's already done. Faith is my positive response to what's already done. So faith is a response. Now, I'm not talking about 
the works of the law to try to get it. We believe it's already done, so it requires us to respond to what's already done. I can, I can put a million dollars in your bank account, it's already there, but it still requires your response. You follow what I'm saying? It is a response. Healing has already been made available, it requires a response. Deliverance has, has already been made available, it, it requires a response. Uh, Everything that he's done that pertains to life and godliness requires a response. So faith takes possession of what Jesus, what grace has made, has already made available. So Jesus has already made it available. Faith takes possession of it. So faith does not move God. If it's a positive response. Faith does not move God. God's already moved. Faith moves you into position to where God is. I know that sounds strange, but faith doesn't move God. Faith moves you. God's already moved. Faith moves you. See, we thought faith moved us, excuse me, moved God to do something. God's it's like playing chess. He's made all the moves he's going to make. It's your turn. He's healed. He's delivered. He's, he's, he's set free. He's defeated the enemy. Do you know the devil is defeated? There's not a fight there. There's no fight there. The fight is over. The fight is on our part to maintain what Jesus has already done for us. You see, this requires renewing the mind over and over and over. You listen, listen to this one time and go home and do nothing else with it, and it'll go away. And you'll go right back to how you have traditionally believed. And I believe that your traditions will make the Word of God, the Word of God concerning the grace of God, of no effect. Of no effect. And so, faith is a positive response to what Jesus or what grace has already made available. Faith doesn't move God, it moves us. Thank you, Jesus. Faith doesn't move God, it moves us. Uh, if Jesus hadn't already provided it for us, if grace hadn't already provided it for us, faith can't. Because faith doesn't make Grace makes, Jesus makes, faith takes possession of what Jesus makes. Healing is already there, faith takes it. Deliverance is already there, faith takes it. But faith won't make healing. Healing's already been made available. Faith won't make prosperity, prosperity's already been made available. Faith won't make deliverance or right, excuse me, uh, yeah, faith won't make deliverance or righteousness. It's already been made available by Jesus, by his grace, by his love for us who's already provided it for us. It is already there. That is the key to this whole deal. It's already there. Religion is trying to make something that Jesus has already made. And imagine how heaven looks at a Christian who's trying to get God to do what he's already done. So faith has been put in the system as a mechanism to be able to appropriate what grace has made available.
All I'm trying to do is get you to look at what you're doing here and here. It's already done. Your ultimate faith is in what Jesus has already done. I believe what he's done first, and then I respond to it. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Now, there are, there's, a, there's a way to respond to the finished works of Jesus. All right, so here's the first way. Number one, Galatians chapter 5 and 6. My first response to everything that Jesus has made available and everything Jesus has finished, my first response, and somebody says, only believe. Yes, sir, I believe that. So my first response, my first place of belief is, number one, I'm going to believe in the love that God has for me. I mean, that's first and foremost. I believe in the love that God has for me. Now, why is that important? In Galatians chapter 5 and 6, in context, in New Testament context, in grace context, this is not talking about and spending time talking to you about the Old Testament commandment of love, which is more focused in on loving God. This is focused in, in context, on number one, believing God's love for you so that we can love one another. And not only that, believing God's love for you. Listen to me. Think about what we've, what we've done in church all this time. It's, oh, I love God. Oh, I love God. Oh, I know I love God. I love God. What's that song? I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? That's, that's not the issue. That's something that can be put up for debate, whether you love God or not. The issue is, do you believe the love that God has for you? Cause that's gonna cause a problem in your response. And so what I was saying in context is, it's not, it, when he says, uh, for in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, whether you were in Christ, you know, whether you were circumcised or not availeth, he says, faith worketh by, here's what he's saying, not by how much you love God. Faith worketh by how much you believe God loves you. Because if you don't believe God loves you, you won't believe anything he said he's made available for you. Because you don't believe he loves you. That is so important. You know how powerful that is? For you to wake up in the middle of trouble knowing God loves you. And you know what religion is done? Religion says because you have not kept all the law, God's disappointed. He's mad at you. And, and, and the question is, does God really love me? So how are you going to have faith to take possession of something when all of a sudden you're feeling shamed, condemned, guilty, and don't even think you have the right to approach God because of what you've done? You've got to settle this. I believe God loves me no matter what. Amen. So you can take what he's made available to help you out of your situation. But that's where it is right there. So somebody says, well, I don't know if I really believe that. Well, let me show you the other side. What happens when a person doesn't believe in the love? 
Because you're saying, I believe, and you don't even believe he loves you? Oh, that's, that's, that's a problem all the way around. And so look at Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 25 through 27. You have to, you, you have to believe the love. All of the things Tap and I have gone through, one of the things that has been just the hallmark is I know God loves me. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, but I know God loves me. I know it looks bad out there and they're dogging me out every which way, but I know God loves me. And then you can pre proceed from I know God loves me to be reminded, look at what he's made available to you, peace. Oh, yeah, God, I take possession of that peace right now. I know I have a right to it because I know God loves me. Look what he says in, in Deuteronomy 1.25. This is just to give you an idea of what happens when a person doesn't believe in the love. And they, they took of the fruit of the land in their hands, and they brought it down unto us. And they brought us word again and said, it is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. So it's a good land. It has fruit on it. There's some things that God wants to give you. Watch this in verse 26. Notwithstanding, you would not go up. He says, man, I got the good land here. It's great land. Come on, I want to give you this land. Come on, take it. Man, it's got fruit on it. Come on up here. But they wouldn't go up. But instead of going up and receiving what was made available to them, they rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Now, this was, of course, in the dispensation of the law. They rebelled. Now, watch this. And you murmured in your tents. What would cause somebody to do that in their tents? And he said, because the Lord hated us. He has bought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Think what happens when you go to the church and the preacher is telling you the reason why you had that wreck is because you didn't please God. What is that doing? That's questioning your faith in God's love. That you don't really believe that he loves you. When you think that God hates you and you think that God doesn't love you, and when you think that God's mad at you, that is going to affect how you can take possession of what Jesus has made available. He says, I got something I want to give to you, but you won't go up and you won't receive it. You won't take possession of it. Why? Because I thought God hated me. I didn't, I didn't receive his love from me. Wow. Wow. We got to get that part. That's first step. There's no way God can hate you. Let's settle that right now. He doesn't have love. He is love. The issue is, will you, re will you receive it? I know God loves me when I'm up, when I'm down, when I'm right, when I'm wrong. God loves me. You have to settle that. I believe in the love that God has for me. Amen? Everybody got, I'd love to spend more time with it, but I, I don't have time just giving you just a skeleton piece of it. Let's look at number two. The second, the second uh, way to respond to the finished works of Jesus, make a decision to believe in the finished works of Jesus. If they're finished, make a decision. A decision is, a, is the open door into reality. Make a decision to believe in the finished works of Jesus. I decide that the finished works of Jesus are true, I believe it. I believe the finished works of Jesus. But like I said before, how do you authenticate whether you really do? I mean, you're telling me you believe that there must be a way to authenticate whether or not we can, whether or not it is real what you are declaring about, about what you say you believe. Well, look at Hebrews chapter four, 
in verse 3 and 11, Hebrews 4, 3 and 11, which takes us into the third step real quick. Hebrews 4, verse 3 says, For we which have believed, all right, if you believe, if you believe in the finished works of Jesus Christ, here's what he says you can see, we do enter into rest. The people that believe, that belief is authenticated because you'll see them in rest. Now, when I use the word rest, I'm not talking about inactivity. Uh, I'm talking about resting while you work. There's got, there's, there's, you know, the believer should have a level of peace over him that can be seen when everybody else is tripping. There's something different about the believer because he believes he already has received and the other guys just shout and believe him, but he really doesn't because he hadn't entered into the rest. He says, for we which have believed do enter into the rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundations of the world. So to authenticate that, says, you say, I believe in the finished works of Jesus. Okay, part of that finished works is healing is already finished. So you're not going to see me stressed out over some disease somebody saw on the MRI. I'm going to enter into the rest of what Jesus has already made available. That's what belief looks like. How we respond to grace determines the manifestations we see in our lives. We are made right with God by our faith in Jesus Christ and not by our religious efforts. No longer do we have to work for God's blessing. All we have to do is receive what Jesus has done for us. For a love gift of $40 or more, we would like to offer you the 10 Ways to Respond to Grace six-message series. Your ultimate faith is in what Jesus has already done. I believe what he's done first, and then I respond to it. I got to remind myself of who I am and what I have. That is my part of the fellowship of the suffering, and the only way I can do that is by faith. Stop frustrating the grace of God with self-effort and begin to respond to grace in faith. Don't delay. Call the number on the screen or go online to place your order today. Creflo Dollar Ministries presents The God of Righteousness is at hand and He's waiting on you to believe that you are the righteousness of God. It's, it's a high, it's, it's, it's a thrill that it, it can't be explained. There is an elevation, there is an upgrade, there is an advance for the people of God. For me, I mean, I'm just sitting on the edge of my chair going, I want more, I want more, I want more. I want you all to know that this broadcast is made available by people like you with the heart for the Lord and a sincere desire to help produce change in someone else's life. Your financial contributions to Creflo Dollar Ministries enable us to broadcast the message of God's grace all over the world. The testimonies that come in from people who watch these messages daily prove that this broadcast truly does change lives. It wouldn't be possible without people like you who faithfully sow financial seeds into this ministry. And for that, we say thank you and God bless you. 
When you make financial donations to Creflo Dollar Ministries, those resources are distributed immediately where you requested. If you do not designate your contribution, rest assured it is used for one of our many outreach endeavors. We are eternally grateful for your faithful financial support. Because of you, Creflo Dollar Ministries is providing a new understanding of grace and empowering change in the lives of millions of people every day. Thank you, partners and friends. Your love and financial support makes it possible to bring this message into millions of homes all across the globe. 